Hey, this is Robert Mason, the Ringer NFL Show. Even though the Super Bowl is over, free agency, the combine, and the draft are all right around the corner, and the Ringer NFL Show will have you covered, bringing everything you need to know. You can subscribe to the Ringer NFL Show at iTunes.com slash The Ringer or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the Ringer NBA Show. I'm Chris Vernon and a very special podcast today. Given the boogie trade that took place last night, the trade machine Picasso himself, Bill Simmons, joins me. Bill! What a pleasure to finally be on the Ringer NBA Show. I don't know what took so long. All right, so here's the thing. I, I needed Boogie Cousins to, to get you here. Um, you have put in many a boogie trade into the trade machine, inevitably. Did you ever put in Buddy Heald, Langston Galloway, Tyreek Evans, and a first-round pick that's top three protected? Hey, don't forget about that Philly second-round pick. That could be like the 32nd pick. That's a good pick. That swings the deal. Nobody's mentioned that one. Um, First of all, this ruined my three-day weekend. I was so excited not to really do anything last night or today, and then all of a sudden, as soon as Woj starts dropping Woj bombs, like everyone else, just on Twitter waiting for the next tidbit. And I kept thinking the Celtics were going to get involved, and obviously they didn't care. And the trade was it was such an unsatisfying trade. And so here's my first question. Why do that on Sunday night? Isn't that trade still sitting there on Thursday? You can't, you can't kick the tires for four more days and hope somebody doesn't change their mind or offer more. Why are you doing that trade four days before the deadline? I think it was because he was already in New Orleans and they were just going to try to leave his ass there. Well, my my guess is New Orleans was like, we want to make this trade this weekend or we're pulling it. So it's like a take it or leave it. You know, we just had this great weekend, an all-star weekend. Everyone's here in New Orleans. Anthony Davis just won the MVP. People are feeling good about this franchise for the first time in a couple of years. Now as the capper, we want Boogie Cousins, and our offer expires at midnight. That's my guess, because it doesn't seem like there was anyone else bidding. That's the part I don't get. And so either something happened with Boogie and the Kings over these last few weeks that made them look at each other and say, oh, my God, we just, we just got to get rid of this guy. We can't even wait till the summer. We got to get this guy away from our players. Or... They were they were so nervous about losing that first round pick because it goes to Chicago unless it unless it falls in the top ten. Sacramento gets to keep it, so maybe they got scared about that. But it's just it's so strange to me that they didn't take the extra three and a half days. So okay, do you agree with my theory? New Orleans put an expiration date on the offer. Do you agree with that? Yes. Yes. Or, or yeah. And, and something must have happened. There's, there's two things here. Right. So on Friday, literally on this very show, the NBA show, um, I had Dave Yeager on the head coach of Sacramento. And we did damn near the whole podcast about Boogie saying that he wants to retire in Sacramento. He wants his legacy to be in Sacramento. He wants his jersey in the rafters. And he wholeheartedly intends to sign an extension there over the summer. Right now, maybe Jaeger knew that something was coming and just did that podcast anyway. Um, or maybe he didn't know at all. Like, I really don't know what to make of that. And then the second thing is, well, all right, so, so that's the first thing. And then the second thing is regarding him, him moving for what they gave up it sounds like they talked to 
I guess the Lakers, you know, and that there was a couple others. And on your one point about the whole did something happen, the most interesting theory I read was Sam Amick, who's super plugged in for USA Today. I don't know. I don't know if you saw this, but basically they played the game that Boogie was suspended uh, without him, clearly, against the Celtics. They walloped the Celtics, and it kind of presented this idea that, I don't know, like they, they watched that game and thought, Jesus, we gave up Isaiah Thomas because we got this guy on our team and we can win without him anyway. Like, what the hell's the point? Like, that that was a flashpoint for this. So to your point of something must have happened, that's the only thing I've heard that has been presented. I think that's... You know, it, it, it's definitely a piece of it. The problem is, you, you you didn't want to make the team better by trading Boogie. I think part of the reason they made this trade was because they're trying to make this this year's team worse, so they can get into the top ten. At the same time, I, I think he's he's such a tough teammate to have day to day to day to day. If he's unhappy, or if things are up and down, or if there's not another great player in the team, you know, I, I can't remember. This in the last maybe ten years, hearing more stories and rumors about a player, just like how difficult they were, and and you never knew what to believe. You knew he was definitely a pain in the ass behind the scenes, but not like in a not in a, a destructive way, like some of the guys from the eighties and nineties, but definitely somebody who's difficult. And you know, you know, I've written about this a million times. You never knew how much of it was him and how much of it was just the dysfunction and all the different coaches they've had, all the different front offices they've had, two different ownerships, just a constant losing. And, you know, it starts to feel, I think NBA players sometimes, they're they're like little kids. Like if you put them in the wrong house for years and years and years, they're going to develop bad habits. And maybe he just developed too many bad habits. You know, there was no light at the end of the tunnel either with it, right? So they weren't gonna. They probably weren't gonna make the playoffs this year once Rudy Gay got hurt. And then maybe you try to chase a trade that gets you to the eight seed. But where does that get you? Now you lose your first round pick and you got swept by the Warriors. So I, I don't know. That doesn't make sense either. So I, I think they were in no man's land. But I want to go through after we finish talking about this. I want to go through all the teams that had a chance to trade him because I think it makes more sense why they took what they took when you actually go through the whole league to see what they could have gotten. But don't you think they were in no man's land? And they just probably looked at it and said, man, we don't want to spend $230 million on this guy. We've never won even 40 games with him. Yeah, they, a bad investment. Yeah, they lose year after year after year. And, and, and this guy, Grant Napier, who's like their longtime play-by-play guy, I mean, yeah. he just he – just, trashed him last night. I mean, it was he like, did. it's like seven years of guy, you know, his teammates hated his guts and most of the guys, you know, that played with them hated him and, you know, they lose every single year. And so what's the point? And it was like, it was like he was going to like throw a parade today about like, finally they have cleansed themselves from DeMarcus Cousins. And so I, I don't know. I don't really know. I don't really know what to make of it. Um, you know, what was interesting about that is the announcers are with these guys all the time because mm-hmm. they have to fly on the planes, right. right? So they're around them. That's a really That was a really aggressive move by him on Twitter last night to go that hard on the whole, this guy's a pain in the ass thing. And I also think, you know, when you're in a losing situation and you only have one good player and you're worried he might leave, he might demand a trade or whatever, you start you start kind of entitling that guy, right? 
You start mm-hmm. putting up with stuff maybe you wouldn't put up with if you had a good team. Maybe you make a couple of trades or moves to try to get this guy a better situation right away so he's happier. And I think you look back at what they did two years ago. They trade Isaiah Thomas, or they didn't trade Isaiah Thomas. They let him go. They let him uh, sign with Phoenix. They didn't try to keep him. And the reason they didn't try to keep him, I always heard, was that Boogie and Rudy Gay didn't like playing with him that much because Isaiah Thomas needs the ball all the time. I watch it with Boston. Isaiah Thomas needs the ball to succeed. And I, maybe maybe Boogie sent them signals like, yeah, you know, I'm not crazy about playing with that guy. And if you remember the rhetoric back then, it was always like, we got to get him a point guard that, could, you know, is a pass-first guy who can distribute the ball. So there was that. And then they made that disastrous Philly trade where, you know, the pick swap, the pick they're going to lose now in 2000, I think 18 or 19, one of those years, to just get Marco Bellinelli and Rajon Rondo and – I forget the other one, but it seemed like everything they were doing was to try to get a little bit better right away to make Boogie happy. And now I think they reached a point where they were like, why are we trying to do everything we can to keep this guy? We're not even sure if this guy can be the best guy in a great team. And they just audibled, which is fine, but why not do it on Thursday? Why do it on Sunday night? Yeah, right. No, you're right. They they went through that mode where they brought in Rondo, they brought in Bellinelli, they went and spent on uh, Costa Kufus. Like they, yeah. they, they haven't figured out whether they, it was like that moments throughout this tenure, they've been like, all right, it's time to win now. And then they just, and then they just go back on like, all right, F it. We're not going to win right now. So let's do something well, there's different. Two, there's two types of trades, right? There's trades where they turn out to be terrible and you look back and you go, oh man. That trade, wow, is that a bad trade? And then there's trades that in the moment are terrible, right? Mm-hmm. So that trade with the pick swaps, where, you know, to create enough space to sign Bellinelli and all that stuff, that trade was reprehensible when it happened. Right. You know, and it's the same thing with James Harden. Like that James Harden trade was terrible when it happened. And now there's been a revisionist history of, oh, well, they couldn't afford it. It's like, that's all bullshit. That trade was terrible. They made a bad trade. The pick swap trade was one of the weirdest, dumbest, inexplicable trades anybody's done in a while. And you keep hearing, then you hear people around the league and you talk to them and they're like, the Kings are really messed up. Vlade doesn't understand the salary cap. The, the Celtics, the Justice Winslow draft, the Celtics are trying to trade up to get Justice Winslow. And they're offering the farm. They're offering... You know, they had this deal set up to try to move in the top 10, and it's like, you can have our Brooklyn pick next year, the one that turned out to be Jalen Brown. We'll get you all these other picks. Like, we just want to move up 10 spots to get this guy. And they couldn't even really get the Kings on the phone. And then the Kings ended up taking Willie Cauley-Stein. If you look at that, you know, who was a center who played Boogie's position, so that trade made, that pick made no sense. And then on top of it, you look at all the guys in that draft. You know, not only just Winslow, who got hurt this year, but I, I think it's still going to be good, but Miles. Miles Turner, Trey Lyles, Devin Booker. There are a lot of good guys on the table when they took a guy who played the exact same position of Boogie Cousins did. So I just think there's been so much dysfunction and there's been so much, kind of just so many different game plans that you knew at some point they were going to screw up this Boogie thing. So do you, you feel they screwed this up, right? This is just a, a, a flat-out screw-up. Yes. All right. So let me play devil's advocate real quick. All right. Let's let's do let's do the other side. They didn't screw up. Okay. There's a couple ways they might not have screwed up. A. Um, New Orleans can't re-sign him in the off season, right? And so right. 
or, or, or whoever, right, that, that his agent was throwing out. And his agent even threw that out to, like, Mark Stein last night. It was kind of like, you know, he wanted to resign in New Orleans or, you know, wanted to resign in Sacramento. And, you know, they could trade him, but he's not going to resign. Like, guys do this for leverage as to try to get to stay wherever they are and make, you know, because right. the play for these guys now is get the most amount of money you can possibly get and then bitch about it and get traded. Because then you've already got your... Right. <laughs> like then, that's then, what they call that the Carmelo incident. <laughs> yeah, right. Because <laughs> then you've got your deal. So here's the other thing. What if, and I know this is going to sound crazy to some people, what if Buddy Heald turns out to be a big star? Is there any possibility Buddy Heald is a big star? All right, that's a good question. The answer is no. <laughs> um, all you have to do... All you have to do is just, I always look at with guards, you got to look at free throw attempts and you got to look at assists and rebounds and what do they do other than shoot, right? Buddy Hill's averaging like, I think he's playing like 23, 24 minutes a game and his shooting stats are good. Like he, he's basically, if you throw away the first month, he's a 40% three-point shooter already, which is good. Like, hey, it's a wing who can shoot 40% from threes. That's a good thing to have. He does nothing else. He can't score at the rim. Um, he doesn't get to the rim. He doesn't rebound. He's not a passer. It's fine. But they, it's basically a better version of the guy they already had, Nick Stauskas, who they threw in this trade to get rid of all their picks and all this stuff. I don't think there's any chance Buddy's a star. I, I think he could be, you know, a really good guy to have in your rotation. But... That's about it. I mean, well, have, you that's seen anything, be- have you seen anything from him that made you think that guy's going to be a star? That's the biggest commodity, though, right? It's the biggest commodity. That, no, no, sure. no. I'm saying, no, 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 no. I'm saying that they got in the deal. He is the one. He is the return. Like, there's, I mean, Langston Galloway and Tyreek, we're not going to look up and those guys be amazing. And then I guess that pick, right? And so if the pick. Well, so like, what, what they get is they get Buddy Heald. So you can sell it like, well, that guy was a top eight pick last year. So we basically got two lottery picks and we got the, the 32nd pick in this year's draft, which is a really good draft. That's a nice pick. Cost effective. And didn't have to take any bad contracts back. And most important, they made their own pick worse. That's the part people always forget with these trades. They made their own pick. Now that pick, now they're going to bottom out, and they will be in the top seven. And con- conceivably, let's say New Orleans. New Orleans is 11 games under 500. Even if they don't, either they're going to get the eight seed or they're going to come close. So that pick's like somewhere between 12 and 16. So let's say Sacramento's pick is seven. So they get seven, 16 and 31 or 32 versus versus maybe not getting anything. You know, maybe maybe Boogie brings them to the to the 12 spot and they just lose that pick they have to give it to Chicago. And now they're looking at next year they just have Boogie and he's unhappy. So I think that's but I want to go through. So all right, Tay Frazier, I know you're producing this. Mark this shit down because this, I'm about to drop some knowledge. Drop this timestamp down right now. There's, there's 29 teams that could have traded for Boogie, right? There's 30 teams in the league. Sacramento couldn't have traded with themselves. There's 29 teams left. All right, let's do the math. Five contenders had no chance. Golden State, San Antonio, Cleveland, Houston, and the Clippers. None of those teams could have traded for Boogie. Four playoff teams had no chance. Toronto, Memphis, Atlanta, and OKC. 
none of those teams could have had either the we know that Sacramento wanted to get a lottery pick back or assets. They didn't want to take back any bad contracts and they wanted some sort of younger building block. So cross those nine teams out. Washington couldn't have gotten them without Bradley Beal. Or they could have offered Otto Porter, Marcin Gortat, and a non-lottery 2017 first round. That's not enough. Cross them off. Portland can't get them without, without C.J. McCollum. Cross them off. Utah didn't need him because of Rudy Gobert. Denver didn't need him because of Nikola Jokic. Philly wait, didn't need wait, hold on. Let Jokic. me stop you real quick. Why would I not give up C.J. McCollum? I would, I'd, I'd rather have C.J. McCollum than Boogie. I think C.J. McCollum is great. And, he, yeah. and, he's, and I'd have to pay him half as much. I'd rather pay him $100 million than Boogie $200 million. But if I'm trying to pair him with Lillard, you don't think that's a... I don't know. Okay. I, I mean, to be honest, I, if it was Lillard for Boogie, I might, I might have thought about it more because I like McCollum more than Lillard. But I don't know. If I'm Portland, I'm not going anywhere anyway. Okay. And also, like, if I'm Sacramento and, I, and, and I'm giving them Boogie, then I'm worried that they might sneak into the playoffs and I'm not even in the lottery with that pick, right? Right. That's fair. All right. All right. So Utah doesn't need him because of Gobert. Denver doesn't need him because of Jokic. And Philly doesn't need him because of Joel Embiid. All right. So I've just crossed off 15 teams that have no chance to boogie. All right. right. (laughs) Cross Brooklyn and Dallas off. They don't have assets. Cross off Miami because they couldn't have traded their uh, 2017 first because they have to trade the one next year for the Dragons trade. So now we're up to 18. Minnesota had the lottery pick, but they didn't have the second asset. So if Zach Levine's healthy, Maybe that's the trade. Maybe that's a better trade than New Orleans, but Zach Levine's out for a year, so cross them off. Milwaukee makes no sense because they don't have Jabari Parker, Middleton. There's no reason for them to go all in on Boogie. Charlotte could have offered their lottery pick, if, if they're in the lottery, and Cody Zeller, but they didn't have the expiring contract. Orlando could have offered Vucevic, Kazonia, in their 2007 lottery pick, but they would have had nothing to build around Boogie. Would you have done that if you were Orlando? I wouldn't have wanted Boogie and have no, nothing to put around it, but Aaron Gordon, would you do that? They don't know what they're doing anyway. Yeah, they're, well, they're screwed anyway, and they need a new GM. Right. Phoenix wouldn't make a Boogie trade unless Sacramento took back Brandon Knight's contract or Tyson Chandler's contract because they have the contracts to add up. And also, like if, we've, if Boogie's reputation about what he's like around young teammates, true or untrue or half true, whatever it is. I'm not sure. I, I like what Phoenix has going. I would just rather have one more lottery pick and figure it out this summer. If you're Phoenix, do you trade for Boogie? I don't do it. Why would what? you? What, what happened to you? I thought you loved him. <sighs> it's a now big you, risk. You, now you're I, like, I you, don't, you don't want to give up anything for him anymore. I thought you loved Boogie. <laughs> I would want to give something up for him if I could put him on a good team. If I'm just putting him in the same situation he was in in Sacramento, knowing that I have to pay him $230 million and that he might not, or I guess it would be 200 if he got traded, knowing that he might leave, you have no guarantee you're going to keep him. If you're Phoenix, why would you do that? How do you know you're going to keep him? You're like, oh, I got him and Eric Bledsoe and Devin Booker. Okay, that's my team. I don't know. I mean, obviously they weren't interested because they could have trumped that New Orleans offer. Because how uh, else are you? How else are you getting a superstar if you're them? I mean, drafting them. Well, listen. If I was Phoenix, I would have. I would have. I would have tried to do whatever it took to get him without giving up Devin Booker and Bledsoe. Because 
because I think I think I could build I could build around those three guys and make something. But obviously they weren't interested because yeah. they they could have jumped that New Orleans offer in five minutes. And the same thing with Boston. Boston wasn't interested. They never even kicked the tires. Okay, well, how so, about this? What are the chances Vladi Divac did his due diligence on this? I think he did. I think he. Well, did. I think he called. I think they made a list, which is basically the list I'm rattling off right now, and called all the usual suspects. So we have. I just listed 24 teams with so five teams left, right? Mm-hmm. So we know the Lakers wouldn't include Brandon Ingram in a boogie trade. Would you have? They don't have. They don't have their first rounder unless it's in the top three. So if I'm Sacramento and I'm trading them boogie and I'm not getting Brandon Ingram back, so I'm getting like Julius Randle and I don't even know what, D'Angelo Russell, I don't, I don't know what I'm getting back. And I might not even get a lottery pick because it goes to Philly unless it's in the top three. That's a deal breaker if Ingram's not in. I can't, by the way, what are the Lakers doing? How do you not put Ingram in that trade? That's what I'm I asking you. Crazy. You would have put Ingram in the trade to get him. Fuck yeah. What are they doing? I, I don't know what Brandon Ingram's going to become, but right now watching him, I'm not, I, I liked him in college. I'm not sure what position he is or what he's going to be. I don't, I don't see it yet. It might manifest itself over the next few years, but I, I don't see it yet. Have you seen anything? I think he's, he's one of the youngest players in the league. And I mean, just yeah. seeing, I, well, he's one of the youngest players in the league. I think Ingram's going to be awesome. I do. Okay. So would you have given him up for Boogie? Because I would have given him up for Boogie. <sighs> he would resign with me in, in, in L.A. I mean, I would be rather yeah, confident. Yeah, I know I could go. Then, then, I, then I'd go get another free agent. Mm-hmm. Now i got a building block. I can, unless, unless the Lakers felt like maybe Boogie wouldn't be an enticement to other free agents. What, just out of curiosity, what do you see Ingram being? Who do you, who do you see his? Because he's not the same shooter Durant was. What no, is he? he is. Well, you know the crazy thing is when you see him in person. I saw him in person earlier this year. He is freakishly long. Like it's almost right. like it's almost like subhuman, right? And when you're that big and you can shoot and you've got the you know he he can dribble, he can shoot, he can do everything I need him to do. He's just frail now i think he's the kind of guy that puts on a a bunch of muscle he could be i mean i I think like when he grows into his body i think ingram can be unbelievable i really do i think he could be an all-star i hope you're right i i actually hope i i like his game and i like how hard he plays i think that the thing that's jumped out to me what i've seen and he's like a baby it's like watching a baby deer run around but he plays really hard and it was the same thing at duke like he played hard I remember like Coach K would put him at the front of the press, which I always thought was fascinating because that's where you put your guy who gives the most most of a shit. Yeah. And he would put him in that spot. But I mean, if the if Sacramento said we want Brandon Ingram and we want to pick swap either this year or next year and give us, you know, what whatever contract to make it work, I man, I find it hard to believe the Lakers wouldn't have done that. Well, maybe, maybe, maybe Magic thinks that uh, Brandon Ingram's going to be really awesome. <laughs> Brandon, Magic conferred with Robert Horry, James Worthy, and Norm Nixon, and they all collectively decided that it makes sense. I love Magic saying try to get out the old teammates of up. All right, so the Lakers are out because they wouldn't give it the pick. The Knicks could have offered Derrick Rose's expiring, their 2017 unprotected first, and maybe a future first. But the problem is, if they got Boogie, they're a playoff team. 
you boogie Porzingis and Carmelo. That, that's kind of a scary team. So if I'm Sacramento, I'm looking at, at that and going, well, I don't even know if I'm getting a lottery pick if I do that. Um, Chicago could have offered. They had the experience to make it work. They have their own 2017 pick. They could have waived all the protections on that Sacramento's pick that they own. So Sacramento just could have had their own pick and not worried about it and gotten another first-rounder from Chicago. I don't think that's as good as the New Orleans trade, do you? I don't get a player? You get, like, Taj Gibson's expiring and Nikola Meritich is expiring. Maybe I'll throw in Denzel Valentine. No, I need a player. I need a player, right? Like again, you. I, I don't. Valentine? Is it Denzel or Darnell? I'm old. <laughs> it's Denzel Valentine. Denzel Valentine. All right, I had it. Yeah. Who? Who's... Darnell Valentine was another player. I'm so old now. I, I Den... get guys. With the... Yeah. Anyway. And Denzel Valentine's roughly the same age as Boogie, unfortunately. Yeah, Denzel Valentine is this point guard. He's basically like this unconventional point guard, but doesn't seem like he can shoot. I saw them play the Warriors, and they had him handling the ball, and it was great. But then he would fire up. Between him and Michael Carter-Williams, I was sitting under the basket. I thought I was going to get hurt. I thought one of their threes was going to hit me in the head and, get, and put me in the concussion protocol. Well, and I think um, there, right. and there's and there's obviously a great concern that his, his knees have about four years left on them. Right. Okay. So, by the way, we have two teams left now. Okay. So, Detroit could have offered Andre Drummond and their 2017 first-rounder. Now, they're already an eight seed, so it's not a lottery pick. <laughs> well, the Kings have like six centers. Right, and the Kings have six centers, so the Kings aren't going to do that. And now we have New Orleans. Chris, I just listed every team in the league. What was the boogie trade they should have made? That's that's the thing I don't think people realize. People are like, oh, my God, that's all they got. It's like, well, what else were they going to get? If Brandon Ingram wasn't on the table, and if the Celtics weren't offering anything, and if Orlando's a mess... And if Phoenix is only going to do it if you take back Brandon Knight's contract, like where was the trade? What was their second offer? I can't figure it out. Do you have any problems with Boston not getting in the mix? Um, I mean, so this is tough for me because I like I still I'm not, I'm like one of the last people on Boogie Island, but um, I wouldn't have done it. For what it would have would have, they didn't really have the right asset, you know, because they you don't trade the Brooklyn pick for them. Like that's a no go. That pick's going to be one, two, or three. There's like a thirty percent chance that pick's not one, two, or three. Okay, it's but what are the chances? Chance. Let me play devil's advocate uh, on that. What are the chances that that pick's better than him? Honestly. Well, are you talking about better than him statistically saying- or? No, I'm saying a better your... player. The chances that 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 whoever you take one, two, or three is going to be a better player than Demarcus Cousins. Like what? Like ten percent chance, maybe. Uh, all right, I'm going to flip that around on you. Mm-hmm. What if you think you have a much better chance of getting Jimmy Butler than people seem to realize? Well, and you're know. looking at it, and you're going. I could roll the dice with Boogie Cousins, who are who got 17 technicals in 45 games, and who is on a pace that even Rashid Wallace couldn't have dreamed of with the technicals, and got himself kicked out when he knew he was going to get suspended for the next game with a with a second left in a game that was already over, and has just been acting more and more erratically on and off the court 
And I'm going to add that. I'm going to tell Brad Stevens, Brad, we love you. You're, you're the best young coach in the league. We love the chemistry we have. This team, this team's already the fourth best team in basketball. Here's Boogie Cousins. Try to figure out how to make this work in 30 games. I think it's a big risk. And I can see why they didn't want to do it. I, I, I think, I think it was something that internally the Celtics have. And I wrote this in December. I wrote, I wrote the, uh, I did a little fan fiction. I wrote about the two outcomes of a Boogie Cousins trade, and it was literally high ceiling, lowest possible basement. It could have destroyed what they've been building, or it could have been awesome, and maybe they, maybe they win the title. But listen, here's the thing with Boogie. The guy's an amazing basketball player. Like, if you remove all the all the baggage and all the weird shit and the technicals and the 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 erratic behavior, all that stuff, the guy's amazing. Like, have you looked at the crunch time stats on NBA.com? If you look at if you, you just, like he's most points, most rebounds, most steals, most blocks. Like, the guy is a beast. He puts up thirty fifteens at least once a week. He can't really be defended one on one. I don't know. It's tough, man. It's one of those things, like, if it doesn't turn out well for the Celtics the next three years, they don't make the finals. I'm going to be like, oh, man, we should trade for Boogie. But I can see why they didn't. Does that make sense? Would you give up more for Butler? I would give up the Brooklyn pick for Butler. Ooh. I would. I think Butler is a better basketball player and a safer bet. You get Butler if if they like if if Chicago was like give us Jalen Brown and the Brooklyn pick for Butler, I would say no. If Chicago said give us Crowder and the Brooklyn pick for Butler, I would say yes because I, I think we could make the finals with. Uh, I say we like I'm on the team. I think we make the finals with Butler. I think that guy is an elite perimeter guy and somebody that would be better on a better team. If you, I mean, if you would really, really do, and gives a shit. If I'm Chicago, there's no way I say no to that. To there's Crowder no, and the Brooklyn pick. Crowder and the Brooklyn pick for Jimmy Butler. Yeah. Yes, the I would do that. Crowder, the Celtics have, you know, everybody knows about all their trade assets, but the Crowder contract and the Avery Bradley contract are assets that that surpass just the players, right? If you get Jake Crowder, you're, you're paying seven million dollars a year for. You know, a pretty good starting forward. Yes. And you look at like the what the market is now. Like, look at the guys: Alan Crabb, Evan Turner, all these guys. The market for those guys going forward is like fifteen to seventeen million a year if you're signing them. Mm-hmm. So you're getting Jay Crowder at ten million less than that. Right. So my guess is that if they just sat this boogie thing out and didn't even kick the tires on it, either they just completely lowballed. Um. The Kings, or they feel like they have a better chance to make a different trade. I feel like you've kind of made a you've kind of presented the defense case for like everybody's saying they got fleeced. Everybody's saying that they got uh, you know uh, that they got messed up in this deal, Sacramento. But I feel like you've kind of made a defense of Vladi Divac and uh, and Vivek on this. That like the option. Wait, wait, wait a second. Wait a second. The Kings did get fleeced. Let's not forget that part. They gave up one of the best twelve players in the league and got and got a bunch of what ifs and maybes and could have. Like they didn't get. My whole thing with this is, and and this is the legacy of the NBA with trades. If you're not getting a guaranteed something back, and you're giving up a blue chip guy, 
you can't do it unless you know the guy's leaving. This is what I wrote about with uh, on Friday. Did a trade deadline mailbag with about uh, Indiana and Paul George, and it was it was in there about like if Indiana's going to trade Paul George, you do it right now. This is the time where you could get the most value for him because if it drags into the summer and teams think he's going to leave. You know, they start lowballing. It's not the same package. And I think you can make a case Sacramento waited way too long to do this. I mean, they could have done it two summers ago or last summer. But to do it now with really no leverage and not a lot of people. I mean, Orlando was probably the one that would have made the most sense because they had the most assets. But then Orlando just botches half of those assets. And by the time it actually comes to trade for Boogie, they have half of the assets that they could offer. So I don't know. I my I think their mistake was not waiting till Wednesday or Thursday. I just it it happened so fast and everybody I've kind of talked to, texted whatever has said that this only started playing out over the weekend. So what happened? That I, I will, will, I'm sure it'll come out because the Kings leaked so much shit to everybody. <laughs> don't you think at some point it'll come out? So I guess. I guess we'll find out. Would you have traded for him? If I'm New Orleans, now, what, all right. What, what, what do you think the chances in New Orleans is? Uh, you know, that they get that he's in a Pelicans jersey next year. So there's a couple things with this, right? And it, this is why, as basketball fans, we should love this trade. You put Boogie and, and AD on the same team, and on paper, it seems devastating. But you could argue. Anthony Davis is like the the all-time perfect stretch five, maybe other than Porzingis, that you'd ever want. And that to maximize his value, you would actually want him at the five as the centerpiece of this awesome smaller ball lineup. And the flexibility he has where, like, you know, he could protect the rim on one end, and on the other end, he, no center can match up with him. is devastating. Now you put him with Boogie, and you could argue, oh, man, this could be like Samson or Lajuan. could be unstoppable. But it could also, I don't know, Boogie needs the ball. Davis now has to float out to the outside. You can't play small ball with Davis. Like, there's pieces of this that I want to see how they play out. But if Boogie's motivated and Boogie has respect for Davis, which I think he does, and he wants to shove it up Sacramento's butt – this team could be really good. Like, I don't know if I'd want to play them in the playoffs in round one, which is, oh, the one, one versus the eight. This will be easy. And then you got to deal with Davis and Boogie for two weeks. It's kind of a nightmare if they figure it out, right? Uh, for sure. But here's the thing. that When you ask me would I trade for him, I guess it depends on do I, do I think I'm getting him in tw- for 25 games. I mean, if I'm the Pelicans, I clearly think I've got a good shot at re-signing him. And I can give him more money. Well, he's not a free. He's not a free agent this summer. They they know they right. have him for a year and a half. Right. He, he here's what I would say to that. Could they flip? But let's say it doesn't work out, or let's say they don't like it, or they just this summer they're like, "Fuck it, this we we tried it didn't work." I still think they could flip Boogie for at least as good as something that they gave up. Right. They could at least they could at least match Buddy Heald and the 10th pick of the 2017 draft and the 32nd pick. So did Sacramento, like, did they, like, did they like literally just save this dude's job? Because everybody's been about to run Dell Demps out. You know, this is a waste of Anthony Davis's career. And and now he pulls off a trade for DeMarcus Cousins. 
it's so if he had gone to Boston, it's if I'm Cleveland, I I I would I'm relieved that he didn't go to Boston because if if Stevens had been able to figure out how to keep Boogie motivated on the team he's on, see I'm not sure Boogie would have been that happy in Boston. I think I you're you're. Well, you're <laughs> you seem su- you seem super conflicted on this. I think on one hand well, you think I, I, you say he's I one of the Boogie, best twelve I, players. I think on the yeah, I think talent standpoint he is. I think I was looking at it this way. I said, I've said this on a podcast before. Like you know, the Celtics had these two games against Westbrook this year when. Westbrook, it was just a toe-to-toe battle. And then every once in a while, the NBA, and this is when it gets great, when it just becomes like, who has the best player on the court? You know, everybody's playing, well, all right, let's pull a dick. Let's pull our dicks out. Who's, whose dick is bigger? Let's go. And OKC both times pulled out the Westbrook dick and, and beat the Celtics. And he just was a superstar for the last five minutes of each game. And it was it was really discouraging if you were a Celtic fan because you were like, man, I love this team, but we just couldn't match up with Westbrook. And then Isaiah goes to the second, you know, the, he goes on this hot streak that just at some point just stops being a hot streak, and now that's who he is. Isaiah can now go to toe-to-toe with Westbrook, it, at least like trading possessions back and forth. I think, I think he's kind of jumped the level and he could do it. But my point is, there's only like 12 or 13 guys like that in the league. And Boogie's one of those guys. And if Westbrook is, if he's playing Westbrook in a game like that and Westbrook's heating up, Boogie could on his end go get baskets over and over and over again. And there's just not a, not a lot of guys like that. And well, he's and kind he, of unstoppable rebounding too. Well, by, by the way, here's the one thing that we have not mentioned regarding the whole Celtics thing, right? Which is... You're the guy you just mentioned who's like, uh, what is he, second in the league in the uh, NBA and scores average like 30 a game? Like, we already yeah. tried the whole Isaiah Thomas boogie thing. Like, we did this at the yeah, beginning of the po- <laughs> Right, right. So, uh, my best guy, now I'm going to pair him up with a guy that uh, let's just let's just act like they hated each other, even if it, even if they didn't. But it didn't I work. I, I think they liked each other as players, but I, I think from a basketball standpoint, I think it's really hard for a big man to play with a guard who has the ball all the time, mm-hmm. you know, and you, you see it sometimes with the South, it's like the Isaiah experience is 90% of the time extraordinary offensively. And then there's 10% of the time, like what happened in the Chicago game on TNT the other night when to go in a hero ball mode. And a lot of the times he's a hero, but in that Chicago game, they had three bad possessions to end the game because he just wanted to be the hero on TNT. And he had three guys on him, and he was still taking shots that he's made. you know. So I think putting Boogie in that situation where the first time Isaiah takes that 24-footer with two guys on him and Boogie was could have posted up Marco Bellinelli or somebody, and he's pissed off about it going into the timeout. The Celtics don't have that now. They don't have anybody who's pissed off. They have the greatest chemistry you could hope to have for a possible finals contender. And I think I think they just got scared. But I, just for the record, I mean, New Orleans had to do this. Because you just now you have two elite players. You just figure the rest out. You can always go get a guard. And, and I think there's, you know, Chris Paul's a free agent this summer. Chris Paul logged a lot of New Orleans time once upon a time. We don't know if this Clipper thing is going to self-combust. If I'm Chris Paul and I'm looking at New Orleans and I'm trying to figure out how am I going to win a title, 
could Chris Paul be the point guard on this team with Davis and Boogie? And could that team potentially win a title? It's a, I mean, that's a pretty interesting question, right? It is an interesting question. I don't think uh, you think Chris Paul wants to go back to New Orleans, though. I don't know. Oh, good grief! I don't know. I would. I know that I. I know that if I'm a point guard who wants to win a title, I'd want to be on the same team as Anthony Davis and Boogie Cousins potentially. Do you I think, think the Clippers? I think what's going to happen with the Clippers over the next four months is the secret NBA storyline right now. Because you have. You have uh, Chris and Blake are free agents. You have J.J. Reddick, the free agent. You have Doc, by all accounts, needs to show Balm or something this year. Because he, he Doc's had a lot of power now for three, four years, and they have not had the results. And, I, they, I mean, you can't rule out that this Clippers team could self-combust a little bit here. Or that they might want to make a big trade. Or that one of these guys might just say, fuck it, and leave. I don't know. I don't know how it plays out. What if they might be in a situation where by the time everyone comes back and healthy, they're like a six seed, you know, and they, and now they have to play Houston. Who's the three? Houston. Yeah, they have to play Houston or they're a five seed. They got to play Utah. Utah's a, Utah's sneaky, super tough. Everyone who has league pass knows that Utah's not an easy place, especially if they had home court. Mm-hmm. So I don't know that the injuries have stacked the deck against the Clippers, in my opinion. Okay, so Boogie was the big name that got moved, and it got moved way before the trade deadline. Is there anybody else? If there is somebody big, you think Butler, obviously you mentioned, you think Butler would have a chance to be a move. Are we are we for sure Carmelo's going somewhere else, or do you think he stay, ends up just staying there and using his no trade? Um, uh, who knows? Like, I mean, who, can we really predict anything with the Knicks? Can we predict one thing? It's like predicting the weather or something. I, I think Butler has a real chance. It's see, Indy's saying all the right things about Paul George, and if I'm Indy, I would rather make one playoff run. I could still trade him for this summer, probably if I if I felt like I had to move him. They could trade him in June and probably get the same kind of package. I think one of the things that happened with Indy was their record became a little too good. You know, if they were like twenty. Six and thirty-two, and they traded Paul George right now just to gut their team. Then maybe they could sneak into the top seven, but they really can't. Their team's more successful than that. So I, I think that's possible. I think I, Detroit seems to me like a team that's just ready to do anything. And then you have all those uh, Denver guys that I spelled out in the trade deadline bag. We have Chandler. You have Gallinari. You have uh, who's the third guy? Chandler Gallinari. There's one more. In in Denver, Moody Moody. Yeah, yeah Moody. There's one more. There's one more like veteran guy. But Denver, Will Denver Barton? has. Uh, crap. Well, Chandler and Gallinari. I mean, those are Will Barton's oh, pretty Fareed. good. Oh, Fareed. Well, I, yeah, wouldn't, yeah. I wouldn't trade Will Barton though. Would you? I'd keep Will Barton. I, Fareed is another one. But Denver could be a broker. OKC's got to do something. Um, with I didn't realize they don't have their first round pick this year. So. They have some expirings. That's about it. And then uh, I think from, you know, could, could Portland make the Damian Lillard versus C.J. McCollum choice in the next four days? Maybe. But I, I think that's something you probably wait until the summer to do. I think they have to make that choice. And then Memphis, obviously, that Chandler Parsons contract, um, very enticing to uh, zero of the teams in the week. <laughs> How dare you? 
How dare you? Ninety-four million for Chandler Parsons. Uh, oh my God! Kill uh, John Hollinger's archives. Ninety-four million for Chandler Parsons. Come on, John Hollinger. You're doing so well. Oh my God! You paid ninety-four million for his Instagram account. <laughs> I swear, uh, I no. swear, hey, I swear last week I said, um, I, I said on, on a local thing that I do, I said, let's just hope he doesn't end up in, you know, Mexico for the whole all-star break. Right. And I swear to God, I woke up the next morning and there was an Instagram <laughs> post with him and all of his friends wearing hats that say Chan Coon on them. They had had hats. Uh, no. I was like, oh, for God's sakes. <laughs> I've only been to Memphis once. I loved it. <laughs> the grit and grind thing makes so much more sense when you're there. I would not say that Chandler Parsons really fits into the whole grit and grind. You don't? Hell of it. You don't, think, it, you don't think so? No, it's not really what the locals have, uh, have, have fallen in love with over the last few years, is the, is the guy doing the Cancun t-shirts. That... Not really, not really the move for Chandler. You don't think but, you don't uh, think you don't you don't think that it fits with Tony Allen and Zach Randolph? No, no, no. I mean, you know, the, Memphis is a team that nobody ever talks about, and it feels like they've had the same team for a hundred years. But that's another t- like you look at the Clippers, and it, you know, I was looking at the uh, the title odds. You know, the Clippers are fifty to one to win the title. What? They're fifty to one. They're the same odds as the Washington Wizards. It's kind of odd, man, because I feel like after, again, you would have to have like a turned ankle or somebody going out for Golden State. But if they lost one of the four guys, right, then you might have a shot at them. Um, But I don't think anybody after them, like I think it's different than last year where San Antonio was having this totally historic season, like literally one of the great seasons in NBA history. I kind of feel like after Golden State, it's everybody else. And so you might be one step. You might be one step from, you know, the West Finals or or even being in the NBA Finals. Like that would be, they're the only insurmountable one. That's why I kind of think this trade deadline could be insane because last year, I just know from the perspective of a lot of teams, they were like, F it. Like, you know, like it wasn't one team they had to get past. It was two teams they had to get past. And they knew that, all right, fine. Even if we get past one of those, we're not getting past the other one. So screw it. We're just going to stamp pad and try for next year. Whereas this year, I don't know. What you just said is important because there are some teams that with one more piece become a lot more interesting in that Golden State conversation. Like Houston needs one more guy. Houston Mm -hmm. has to get over the next three days. They need one more perimeter guy who can make threes and play defense. They're playing Corey Brewer, you know, I don't know how many minutes a game, but he's an abomination offensively. They need to make sure that they have one more guy to put with the Gordon Anderson stretch the floor shit and also protection in case Gordon and Anderson can't play 100 games because those guys have had trouble staying on the court. So, you know, and and they've had success with them this year and they figured out the right minutes and stuff, but I still want one more guy from them. And I think Houston, to me, is the team I would be the most scared of if I was Golden State. Not that Golden State should be scared of anybody, but Houston can just shoot 73s a game. You know, they could just try to game the math. They could just try to go 25 for 70 from three every game and try to game the math so they have a better chance. That's the only way you're going to beat Golden State. It's got to be a fluke. It's got to be, 
you've got to play the numbers against them. You almost have to do what they do in a much more dramatic way, and they're kind of built for that. I think Harden's a tough matchup for them. You know, that's a that's a lot of miles to put on on Clay defensively. So I still think Golden State's going to win the title uh, if I had to bet on anyone. But you know, if the Clippers got their shit together and were properly motivated. And Blake keeps looking like he's looked the last couple of weeks, and they're doing all this without Chris. Chris comes back. That's a team that at least could talk themselves into being as good as Golden State, even if it's not true. Um, and then San Antonio, you know, what if Kawhi is just the best guy in the series? What if Kawhi, Kawhi you know, we talked about him as an MVP, but if you, if you just go by who's the best offensive and defensive player in the league at the same time, or who's the closest to that ideal, Kawhi's the best, the best two-way guy in the league. Yeah, but the problem is the so. second guy. Who's the second guy? Is it, I mean, are you going to count on Aldridge for a whole playoff series? Isn't that sad? I know. I mean, Aldridge was like the sweepstakes two years ago, and now we don't even know if he's the second guy. Like, I think he is what he is. He's 20, he's 20 and 8. Every game. My my issue with them is the guards. Mm-hmm. Because you play uh you play Golden State and they go a little smaller and but they don't go too small, right? And the the teams that have had success against them in limited doses are the teams that go even smaller and make Curry have to go chase dudes around. That's why the Celtics last year when they would play Isaiah and Bradley and Smart at the same time against Golden State and really try to wear down Steph with those three guys. It actually, it kind of worked. So I don't think San Antonio has the personnel to do that. But, you know. Well, Popovich, he, he tried everything last year, right? You remember, I mean, he was yeah. going, he was going, he didn't play Duncan at all. And then he started Duncan and then he tried Boban and that didn't work. And I mean, it's not right. like he didn't try everything. He tried everything. And, and at some point you just look over to the bench you're like, all right, shit, I ain't got the goods. You know, he didn't have, right. he didn't have the antidote for them. And I don't, I, I don't think they do eat again. Cleveland, same thing. Like Cleveland just needs to get to round three with LeBron being healthy because, you know, as everyone's discussed for a million hours, LeBron's putting on a lot of miles this year, and it's dangerous. It really is. It's You can do it, and I'm sure he can. You know, we've never seen anybody as durable and um, incredible athletically as him, but the problem is when these guys hit a certain age, if they get injured, it's really hard for them to recover from it and go back to the same level. You know, you saw that with Kobe. It takes, these guys have to put so much time and energy and effort into keeping their body the way it was five or six or seven years before. They, you know, LeBron's working out three, four hours a day and he can keep his body the same way. But if you get hurt and you can't work out that way for four or five months, it's really hard to get it back. Like Kobe couldn't do it. Kobe blew out his Achilles. He was never the same. You know, and if he hadn't done that, I think Kobe could have kept playing at, at near the same level he was in 2012. But once you once you have that hiccup, you can't get it back. So that's the risk with LeBron because the Cavs are tied into him and the roster they build around him. They have no outs. They have no first. They can't rebuild. Like they're all in. Their chips are in the middle of the table. Okay, so if, so if I say in the West, right? So I think uh, Golden State, you pencil them in, and they're in the West Finals. Anybody 
from two through six. I don't think Oklahoma City could get there. But I do think no. anybody, anybody from two through six, if you told me that they made it a Western Conference Finals appearance, it would not be shocking to me at all. Like, I think any of those teams would have a chance at winning two series. Um, oh, wait it's, a it's, second. I, I think Memphis and Utah would be super surprised. How dare you? How dare you? I'm sorry, I would be. I'd be surprised. I, I think it's Houston, the Clippers, or San Antonio would be the only three I could see. How dare you? And then the other side, in the East, where do I go down to? I go I go Celtics, I go Wizards, Raptors, and obviously the Raptors just made that deal to get even better. Is that where it ends? And, and, uh, and Raptors, Boston, Wizards, Cleveland. I think the Wizards are a legitimately good team. Okay, those four. Now, You're, Bradley, nobody... Beal might get hurt tom- Bradley Beal might get hurt tomorrow. <laughs> but for now, the way he's playing with Wall and Beal and how hard, how well those two guys are playing together and the fact that Porter and Obrey have actually become perimeter guys that are guys they can count on. I, I just didn't, didn't expect that with either. Gortat's fine. They need one more bench guy. I'm sure they're going to, you know, if they, I, I tweeted this last week, like they got Lou Williams and and Lou Williams is their third guard and could carry that second offense for the second string offense for, you know, five, six minutes a pop in each half. That's a really dangerous team. Like I don't, I don't as a Celtics fan, I don't want to see them in a playoff series. So, you know, whether that's enough to be Cleveland, I, I am more than dubious, but uh, yeah, I would say, but what if Kevin Love can't come back like full strength, you know, I, that's the thing, man. They said, Anytime they say six to eight weeks, um, I always think that's a red flag. Because how do you know? What if it's ten weeks? If it's ten weeks, now we're now we're looking at round two. You know, mm-hmm. and and it's not like they have a lot of depth. My my guess is that they're gonna. I think they have a move in them that's probably not as big as Carmelo, but maybe it's like a Amon Shumpert type of flip him into somebody who can handle the ball a little bit better, but. I don't know. All right, I'm winded. All right. I, I shot my wad, Chris. <laughs> I'm, I'm I did. I brought, I brought it to the table. I, get, I knew I, I knew I could give you good, 50 good minutes, but now I need a sub. <laughs> Last thing, uh, just wrapping it back around. All right, so the final say on the DeMarcus Cousins thing. You like it for New Orleans. You think that Sacramento got fleeced, but on the other hand, they probably didn't have a lot of options. Did I summarize that well? I loved it for New Orleans. They have hope. It, it's now a fascinating basketball experiment. Whether these two, get, whether they can figure out how to get these two guys to be really good together. On paper, I like it. We'll see how it goes. Sacramento. I don't understand why they didn't wait three and a half days. I do. I am not sure that they had a better option, as we spelled out. I cannot figure out what the better trade was, unless we're going to find out what Phoenix offered. Phoenix seems like they're the one team that could have trumped this offer pretty easily. And I guess we'll find out why they did yeah, it. But. I'd say this, man, this is the ultimate league pass trade because those jokers, they're never on national television. So like people are just going to have to buy league pass so they can see cousins and Davis playing together. Right. Well, and the other thing like Brown boogie is kind of fun. I like yeah. that as a, you know, it's like a nickname um, boogie changes scenery boogie. I think, you know, if you look at the history of the league, when superstars or stars get traded, Generally, you want to go for a guy in their late 20s. It's when they've calmed down a little bit, a little bit more mature. Little, there's Their life's in a little bit more perspective. You look at guys like uh, like Sprewell on the Knicks, 
Rasheed Wallace and the Pistons. They're at a slightly more mature point in their career, and then we're able to kind of corral some of the demons that they had. Um, I would hope that that's a possibility for Boogie, but the way he's acted this year, I mean, you could argue he's been the strangest he's been this season. So maybe the New Orleans thing will, will give him that a little bit of uh, maturity and a little, you know, whatever he needs to get his head straight because we haven't totally seen it yet. Thanks for coming on the NBA show, man. Take a nap. Chris Vernon, thanks for everything you're doing, man. This was fun. I'm glad we finally did it. You man. Thanks, Bill. See ya. It's going to do it for another Ringer NBA show. Join us tomorrow for Kevin O'Connor in his normal Tuesday slot. <laughs>